tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! And on my own... Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. Okay, I should stop. I I got enough comments from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> this past week to know that I shouldn't do karaoke to any more songs while at After Buzz. Well, hey there, Ash vs. Evil Dead fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Buzz recap show. Tonight, we are talking about episode four, Brujo. How are you all doing tonight? That was trippy. That was a trip. (laughs) That was a trip. (laughs) Well, let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Lex Michael. Hi, yes, that is who I am. I am Lex Michael. I'm all over the internet talky stuff where uh, I talk about the stuff that I talk about. My handle everywhere where I do that is at the Lex Michael. (laughs) And Lucretia Lyon. Yes, and if you can spell it, you can find me. It's L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A. L-Y-O-N, and I'm all over the internet like that, just like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me, at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Sadly, Elena and Emma are off at Oklahoma City Comic Con being awesome and just totally crushing it while they're there. So be sure to follow them as well. They'll be back next time. Something along those lines. But we also have a very, very... Well, it's Thanksgiving. I don't know where anybody's at. But we also have a very, very special guest on Skype with us tonight. Joining us tonight is Roger Murray, who is the makeup uh, effects and the, the makeup effects designer for the show. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Hey, how are you? I can't, I've got no live feed, but (laughs) they're in New Zealand. Yeah, they see you, but you won't see them. No, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we see you just fine. How are you doing tonight, Roger? Really good. I've just, um, it's the end of my day, so I've just finished uh, my first Monday of the week. Ah, fantastic. Mondays. Mondays, Mondays, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, So we want to know, what brought you to Evil Dead? Was it something that you were approached about, or was it something when you heard about it, you're like, I have to get involved in that? Uh, I've got a long uh, association with uh, the producers, uh, with both Sam and Rob. Um, Right back to Xena days, I was the uh, props designer (laughs) on Xena. Um, and worked on the Hercules TV series um, as a props guy, as a props maker, and they uh, they asked me to to set up the workshops for Xena when it first started, and I designed all the all the props for Xena for six years. So um, I've got a long association with Rob. Done about four or five films with them, a couple of TV shows. So yeah. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of the work for this show, it just, it looks spectacular. It's, it's oh, like 
much. Yeah, it, it's like going back in time and watching those movies, but now everything has been upgraded with uh, modern, you know, with modern techniques and effects, and it, it just looks phenomenal. There's so much detail in every frame of this show. It's insanely impressive. Yeah, it's been a huge undertaking, and um, I think it was the sort of the president right from the start to to try and keep a little bit of the the flavor and the tone of the you know original shows. Uh, original, you know, um, films, but sort of, um, you know, just give it, give it something more, and really make it a really action-packed half hour, where um, it was entertaining. I mean, we want to make something that's fun and entertaining. So, um, hope it's working. <laughs> of course it is. I'd rather see this than CGI. I mean, it looks more realistic, even though I mean it is demons, but hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got um, we've got a great association with the guys that that do um, the visual effects, um, um, PRP effects down here, and we've worked on a lot of um, films and things together. So, um, you know, it's, it's great to it's great to work with you know different types of of people in the industry and come together. We've tried to keep it as much practical as possible, but we're also realistic about timeframes and it's just about collaboration, really. And it's really important to make it everything on screen. Even when you're looking at something as outlandish as a demon with no <laughs> eyes, you really have to sell it and make it look as believable as possible because the second there's a bad prop or a bad effect, everyone's going to call it out. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, there's definitely been a, a, a really high um, bar raised for the whole show. So... We wanted to. Um, we went through and we when we had the series overview and we went. Oh wow, we we really want to make Eligos like a really um, defining creature for the show, like one of quite a few to come up. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's great. It's been so much fun designing it. It's it's a dream come true, really. Um, I never thought years and years ago that I'd actually get to work on Evil Dead in this capacity. Um, so. Very lucky, but we do have a very high bar, so we have to, you know, we keep going, and as the series keeps going along, I mean, there's some crazy stuff coming up. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, talking about Elagos, what was the inspiration for this particular design? Because he's unlike any other Deadite we've ever seen up to this point. Yeah, well, I think it's about, um, it's kind of just something, just trying to renew it a little bit, and some of the some of the aspects of him came out of lines that were in the script about having having no eyes and a reference to um, Slinter Man, who's who is a was oh. like an online uh, sort of eyeless creature with a big mouth. So we kind of took that, and then I um, initially had um, sort of dreams about a sort of a alien type sort of creature that was basically more sensory. So he had no eyes and he had a mouth, but he was sort of able to be telepathic and have a bit of psychic sort of knowledge. So, and also just being really disgusting <laughs> at the same time. So we just try to, I don't know, we've just been having fun with it. And uh, we've got some great sculptors uh, down here. We, we had some really strong designs. The um, And I think it all, it all just came together. We, you know, we've got big hurdles with... You know, a high production um, weeks, the, the, the time we have to shoot stuff in a week. So we have to come up with quite clever makeups that um, we're able to apply kind of easily and that have the most impact. So that was part of the equation, I suppose, for, you know, um, 
designing him. So what you're saying is that he's literally the stuff of nightmares. That's <laughs> yes. what this creature is. Um, yeah, well, I, I call them dreams. Yes, <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> well, I just out of curiosity and without talking about stuff that's coming down the line, what were you yep. most excited for fans of the franchise to see when the series came back that you worked on? Um... I think uh, well, my initial my initial feeling about the show when it came down here was um, actually working with Sam because he's never even though we've worked on lots of projects together, it's usually been with Rob Tappet. So when Sam said, "I was going to come down and actually work down here," that was for me for the build up to the show was the most exciting thing because I really wanted wanted to meet him and I'd worked on all these shows and I'd never met him and he was going to come down and direct so that was really exciting um, him and Bruce together um, for me I think it was going back to the Necronomicon and you know um, we made the we made his, his gun his boomstick and um, the props department made his chainsaw so I mean it was just all the iconic things and sort of uh, being able to relive all those things you know uh, have them in the workshop and go out on set and spread a lot of blood around. I mean, it was pretty exciting with Bruce, you know. So there's all these little um, there's all these little things that went along the series and it was like, you're standing there going, man, I can't believe this is crazy. This is crazy. I mean, we're blowing stuff up. We're chopping people up. We're chopping <laughs> things up. We're stuff. And, you know, and um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's been, you know, it's been pretty crazy. That's all I can say. It's been amazing and crazy. Now, we, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Emma brought up a question about the the way the blood is made on the show. And, and I was wondering if you had any, if you could give any hints or insight into what Evil Dead specifically does for the blood, all of the blood work on the show. Because there's a lot of it. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of blood. Uh, we kind of, um, we wanted to make the Deadite blood slightly darker. Uh, a darker red, I suppose, tone, and um, with some of the demons coming up, it ends up being uh, like a uh, like a dark black red, I suppose you could call it, really deep. Um, we've uh, we also have like an effects company that we work with who does ends up doing a lot of the blood on set with us um, because there's so much of it, and we're we're really busy getting all the elements together uh, for the makeup effects that we work with them and, and they have huge, big, pressurised 20-litre uh, kegs, like beer kegs of, um, of blood. And we end up making all the rigs and the tubing and um, do all the effects side of it. And, and we've standardised a whole lot of connections. And when we get there on set, um, we end up plugging in with all the blood guys. So there's a lot of times when, we're, when we'll... When we show up and everyone's like, oh, man, and they get their mops and they get all the <laughs> stuff off. And it's like, you know, oh, dude, those guys are turning up again, you know, it's like, uh, with their barrels of blood. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the blood itself, there's quite a few different formulas depending on what we're using it for, really. Um, uh, wardrobe obviously wants something that doesn't stain too much. Um and that they can easily, you know, turn around and recycle clothes and all sorts of things like that. Um, makeup, want things that they can, you can have in your mouth, have in your eyes, and um, and then we've just got our general sort of um, blast blood, we call it, which is uh, 
blood we can put in mortars and blast on you know into into backdrops, or we can put in dummies and mannequins and um, rigs and stuff. So yeah, the blood's a big deal for sure. There's, a, there's there is a lot of it, and um, there's a lot of different types. And there's, a, there's actually yeah, it, it sort of it will vary between um, uh, different uh, demons. Shall we say. <laughs> That's fantastic. It sounds like it's just a ton of fun to work on. <laughs> Explanation. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a bloody good time. Well, for, for those of you guys watching live with us, we are going to be keeping an eye on the live chat, and we are also keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTV Evil Dead. So if you guys have any questions for our fantastic guests, feel free to reach out using those different tools. Uh, so, Roger, I want to know what really goes into creating a Deadite, because Every Deadite has a very specific and unique look, and you want to make them all distinctive, but at the same time, they all kind of have a very similar look to them as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that we've worked with the producers quite, quite a lot with, is actually, um, and we're probably going to keep going uh, into Series 2 with it, is actually, um, you know, initially we wanted to make the Deadites something that was possibly a generic thing. So, like, when you become a Deadite, there was aspects of, of um, parts of it that would make everyone sort of um, look the same, I suppose you, you could say. And um, that ended up being sort of based on just the tone of the coloration and, and sometimes we make them quite slimy and kind of a bit creepy depending on what their character's done. Uh, and then we've, we basically get the backstory of the character and sometimes the situation and, and how they get killed and all the rest of it and put it together and we basically make a, um, uh, a character design, I suppose you could call it, for each Deadite as we go along. Initially we thought we could potentially have a few that would be more generic, um, but as we went through the series, as the series sort of evolved, um, it meant that we were actually we're pretty much basing each Deadite on their own character and then using a, t- uh, a sort of a tonation between all of them which is something that harks back to the to the films to sort of link them all together and give them some sort of uh, a look on themselves and each each of the ones kind of individualized a little bit. So um, there's a lot of work that goes into each Deadite just as far as initial concepting and um, sometimes we, we work with the, the writers and get a bit of a background story to it. Um, and yeah, and there's a lot more there's a lot more Deadites coming up. So you'll see you'll see that sort of unfold a little bit. As the series goes along, you'll see um, you'll see parts of the way they were killed, or or something that happened to the character uh, come up in, in the way they're presented. I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. So, what's been your favorite Deadite to work on so far? Oh, oh, the one you've seen. Oh, the ones you've seen so far. Yeah. Uh, um, I think um, we, yeah, I really liked Mrs. Johnson. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's a fantastic lady in her, in her eighties. Um, and she had such a great face, like, uh, to work on that, that just like doing the design and doing the sculpt and the, and, and just her generally, you know, sometimes you have this real thing when you're doing makeups and you, you meet someone and you're sort of apprehensive because, you know, they're in the eighties and you're like, <laughs> We have to do makeups, and you got you know. And then we've got stunt women, and we made pull on masks for them, and all sorts of stuff for the stunt people. And um, I think it was just it, it ends up being a combination of like the person and who you meet, and 
um, the characterization of their face. That was really cool. So Mrs. Johnson was definitely um, one of my favorites as far as the design went. And then um, probably, oh, man, they're, I really I kind of like them all. They've all got their own little things. Um, you know, I really like Mom. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Mom. Over here we say Mom. Just because um, she had quite a good backstory about being killed, and we sort of we wanted to her to sort of look like she had she sort of had come out of the water again, I suppose. We should be killed in her car, and she'd been possessed, and she came back. So that was kind of nice. And um, yeah, I don't know. They all had their own little things, but I think probably Miss Johnson, just because it was such a great experience working <laughs> with well, and we saw in tonight's episode and last week's our our poor, dearly departed bookshop owner, <laughs> and the the, the the work on that makeup I thought was phenomenal because you've got little bits of I think what you're describing that you're gonna we're gonna be seeing more and more of about incorporating ways in which they died. Now we see the way he died, <laughs> but seeing him yeah. come back as a deadite with the full makeup, the the eyes, the glass all over his face, the tongue flicking all mm. over, and you know while while his head was still attached to the rest yeah. of him um, yeah. <laughs> was was excellent. Um, so my question, I guess, is when you say you're, we're going to be incorporating little bits of the way that they died going forward, uh, should we be expecting our Deadites to look gnarlier and gnarlier the further <laughs> into this series we get? Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, they all have their own, I mean, there's... Oh, there's so much that happens. Um, it's hard to tell you without giving too much away. But yes, I mean they are all. Um, yeah, they all end up being a product of how they get killed. So the makeups always reflect part of of, of what's either gone around or, or their backstory or how they get killed. So there's some gnarly deaths for sure, um, and some of them are just pure deadites, which is kind of cool too. Like they just have a pure sort of evil twisted look and it's about more about how they start being manipulative it's hard to say too much because i keep i keep forgetting we're only on eight four so mm. it's kind of, yeah yeah that's frustrating it's got to be really hard not to give things away to people who are fans especially because you guys worked so hard <laughs> yeah and i was like well, I was up at um, in the New York Comic Con, and we had a lot of people asking, you know, lots of different questions. And we had quite a bit of, you know, we're doing publicity and quite a lot of media and stuff. And I kept going, "Oh man, I can't, I can't quite tell you about that yet." You know, <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, it was quite frustrating. But um, you're in for a good ride, guys. You're in for a really good ride. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. So what is the biggest challenge in terms of creating a look either for a dead-eyed in its purest form or for when they possess a human? What's the biggest challenge? Is it the budget? Is it the time constraint? Is it the kind of troubleshooting, which tones look best? What's what's the hardest thing when you go about designing? Our time at this stage, yeah. I mean, we had, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's like this when you, when you birth a show and you have a, a new show and, um, you know, and there's a lot of, you, you, the producers have a lot of ideas that everyone wants to get in. So, you know, by the time you end up having scripts and getting talent and getting everyone in, it ends up becoming a time issue. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's always budget constraints around that, but, um, 
you know, those are kind of a lot more easily managed in a way with how you design stuff. You've still got to have the person there. You still have to go through, I mean, pretty much everyone that we do uh, a dead eye makeup on will take a full head impression and sometimes hands and stuff and start from there and then break out and do molds, um, start doing sculpts. And it's quite a, you know, it ends up being quite a lengthy process with, you know, involving all the producers and stuff and looks and coming up with the design. So, at this stage, the main constraints time um, on the first series. So we've got a bit more of a jump because we kind of know, we've sort of been through that, that birthing process, so we know what the deadlights look like now. So we have that as, as a bit of a base that we can work off. Um, we've got a really good handle, I think, on the, the tone of how they look, and everyone's really happy with the way they look and, and what happens during the series. Um, there's a few... Um, uh, yeah, there's a few other creatures and demons and stuff which are coming up which may end up going into season two and so it'll be interesting to see how all that the, the universe starts expanding you know um, but yeah it's always time 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 yep time is money especially in production so yeah. Look, oh, do we have any questions from the live chat? Uh, no, not yet. I know, guys, come on, post your questions. I got it right here. Sometimes our internet's a little sluggish in here, uh. so we apologize, guys, if you guys are having trouble. But let's let's go ahead, and I, I do have one more question for you before we let you go. Looking forward to season two, I was wondering if you could design anything for season two, be it Deadeye or <sighs> specific costume or weapon. If you could design anything for season two, what would you want to bring to the show um more from the underworld yeah Yeah. more demons more creatures more crazy and and you know in sort of collaboration with demons that's what I'd like yeah that's exciting well thank Uh, you Roger so so much for joining us do you guys have any final questions before we let him go I'm just very excited to see the things that you're hinting at that we're going to see for the remainder of the season. So yeah. I, I guess if I had one more question, just based on the little hints that you've dropped, where yeah. if there is a, uh, let's say, a hierarchy in the Deadite underworld, <laughs> where does Elegos rank? Is he, I, I would assume since we're seeing him this early, he's not... He's not he's high low command. On the pecking he's, order. He's, is, he, is he in fact small potatoes? And how how braced should I be? How terrified should I be for what I am going to experience in the weeks to come? Yeah, I think he's um, I think he's like a middle tier. I think he's <laughs> in the middle somewhere, you know, um, because he's no, you know, he he's got a few powers. He's he could be pretty pretty crazy. I think if he got loose. So, I think um, I think he's a middle tier, but I wouldn't put him right at the top, man. We got a lot more. <laughs> All right, I'm, ex- um, I'm excited and a little scared. <laughs> and the only, I suppose the only, and I've, I've, I have said this before, so I don't mind saying it again. But the only kind of hint I could give um, about what's coming up, I suppose, which is a little bit abstract, but it's kind of nice, uh, is the three Bs, right? So mm-hmm. it's um, burning book and birthing there you go birthing oh Whoa, god yeah, that I, sounds exciting I was hoping one of yeah. those bees would be boomstick but I, I mean he's I already mentioned lucky. the boomstick <laughs> the boomstick yeah 
yeah, so burning, birthing, and um, book. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's one hell of a tease. That's exciting. <laughs> Lucretia, do you have any other questions? Um, I think I'm good. I'm just excited to see the deadites that are going to look like how they died. Because we all know that one of them's going to have a chainsaw on their head, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Roger, do you have any other upcoming projects that you'd like um, people who are watching the show to know about? Uh, yeah. Um, we've been working on uh, MTV Shannara. Um, and um, that's coming out in January, I think. And that, that should be pretty cool. Uh, we're working on quite a few um, New Zealand films at the moment, doing prosthetic work uh, down here, which um, uh, you know sometimes don't don't always get out in, into the states. They have a, a general release here. Um, what else have we been working on? Oh, we've been working on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon Two, uh, which is coming out on Netflix, um, which should be pretty cool, um, and. Oh, it's quite a, quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, but those are probably probably Shannara. That, that, that would be pretty cool. Awesome. Well, where can people yeah. go online if they want to keep up with all your projects? Um, probably our website, which is um, uh, Main Reactor. That's our company's name, mainreactor.co.nz. Uh, or you could go onto Facebook under Main Reactor. Fantastic. Well, thank yeah. you again, <laughs> Roger. Right. Facebook's probably the best. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. We oh, thanks, really, guys. really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. All right. Speak soon. Okay. Have a great Bye. night. Thanks again. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> he seems like such a cool guy. I know. I wanted to say, catch you on the flip-flop, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, do we do that here? <laughs> you can say catch you on the flip-flop. I love that line. It's a he's, funny line. Yeah, he's working on new catchphrases. I like that. I think he's trying to test yeah. the waters, see see what works with the kids. Yeah. What do the kids think is cool these days? Yeah. <laughs> catch you on the flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elena's yeah. going to make a bunch of t-shirts yeah. before the season's out, so nah, we've got yeah. that to look forward to. I think when evil shows up, it blows up. That was a pretty good one. Okay, I want to talk about Amanda and Ruby. Mm. Who we finally know who Ruby is. Mm-hmm. We finally and and I got to say, I mean, it was probably the most obvious. Mm answer, but at the same time, I'm still like pointing at the TV going, yes! We finally find Mm -hmm. out she is in fact Annie's sister. Professor Mm -hmm. Noby's daughter. Exactly. So, it was her family that was at the cabin, and Ash, he's not responsible for her parents' death, Mm -hmm. but... She thinks he is. She thinks he is, very much so. And she has his hand! I was so excited to see his hand. That was Uh, so cool. (laughs) Give me back my hand. And so she's just presumably she says it's been it's been dormant for thirty years and it just started twitching again. Mm-mm. So I, I guess she's just had Ash's hand in a box and she'll occasionally check. Nope, not moving. Put nope. it back and go about her life for another couple of years. I expect it to be more in a glass case, like, sure. like yeah. you know, so she could look at it all day long and remind her that this is the guy that killed my family. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that she does very much blame him for what happened, but at the same time has never found him in these 30 years, has only had his hand to go off of. And to be fair, if we're assuming that 
Army of Darkness actually did happen, he did go back in time for a while. Yeah. Well, and even if even if Army of Darkness didn't happen, which it may or may not have rights issues, he still would have had to come back from the past somehow. True. But he also, if if we are to believe any part of his ayahuasca trip, it seems like he went all over the country from Value Mart to Value Mart, which might have made him a little difficult to track. Although, if he's transferring store to store to store to store, is there not a paper trail? Is he? Yeah, I guess he's just staying at the same chain and it's just going to different locations. And I just want to know, like, did Value Mart buy out S Mart? <laughs> I mean, that's the yeah. story they're going with. Since yeah. I believe they can't, they can't they use S Mart. They can't say S Mart because yeah. of stupid life. Licensing stuff, oh, universal. Oh. So the story they always fall back on is, well, yeah, it's a big, it's a national chain. Yeah. They bought out the smaller store years ago, and yeah. so yeah, yeah. The um, I do, I did like how uh, at the beginning of when they're showing the map that you actually do see Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like I was oh, just yeah. like, oh. I know, I get that, I understood that <laughs> reference. That's fantastic. Uh, so uh, Amanda and Ruby, much like we were predicting, they have officially teamed up and they are on the hunt to go and find Ash. And I gotta say, it was fantastic seeing them take down Lionel together. Oh, Lionel. <laughs> Poor Lionel. Decapitated and head popped like a grape. It, did, it was crushed like a tomato can. Yeah. It was just a big mess all over the place. But that's the best part of the Evil Dead franchise is all the big bloody messes. <laughs> and there are, if, like, if that's what you're looking for, yeah. you've come to the right show. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited. So, okay, moving on from Amanda and Ruby, because I'm sure we're, I, I can't wait to get more of what Jill was talking about, their Thelma and Louise quest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the only bummer with like these episodes being thirty minutes is that I feel like with what we get from their storyline, I want more. And this sure. is it's great that it leaves me wanting more, but at the same time I'm like, How long until next week? I know, I was so frustrated that they were only thirty minutes. I was like, We can't get an hour? I mean, Jesus, come on, stars. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the flip side is it's pacing yeah. for one thing, and I guess two, it's also production value. Yeah. Maybe by having the episodes be shorter, they can increase the production value for each episode and put more money into each 30-minute episode than having to take away money to account for an hour-long episode. So if sure. we want more blood and deadites, we got to stick with our 30 minutes. Imagine mm-hmm. what they could do with five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Imagine how jam-packed and gory those episodes it's just would vines. be at five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of vines. It's just a montage. It's a five-minute montage of just chainsaws and boomsticks. I don't know what's happening, but it looks great. And magical swords, apparently. (laughs) Crazy. Which, I was a little disappointed we didn't get more of, like, the mystical weapons that she clearly has at her disposal. I know. Because she's Xena, warrior princess. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's not meant to be the same dagger from Evil Dead 2, because it looks almost identical. The one that stabbed Annie in the back? The one where the hand, yeah, comes out of nowhere and kills uh, her again. <laughs> That's... Mm. hate that dagger so much. <laughs> I hate the poor, hand. Poor Annie. Oh, yeah. Poor Annie. She doesn't get nearly as much credit in this franchise as she deserves. No, yeah, mm. I feel like I feel like in the in the in the pantheon of Ash's ladies, I feel like Annie tends to get skipped over pretty frequently. She does because it's all about his girlfriend Linda, who, oh, who obviously gets turned into a dead eye and gets killed, and then like his lady friend in Army of Darkness, and Annie Sheila. gets mm-hmm. Annie gets Sheila's ignored. A <laughs> Annie gets ignored, yeah. and it's so unfortunate because she's the one. That banishes the deadites in the mm-hmm. first place. She, she's the most proactive, and she actually, I would say, until we get to where we are 
in the story now with Ash versus Evil Dead, the closest Ash has to an equal as far as combating evil. Exactly. But unfortunately, she doesn't last all that long. No. But even so, with her dying breath, she banishes oh, yeah. evil. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, anyway, so I'm looking forward to seeing more from them. That's going to be fantastic. Switching gears, talking about our main crew of Dead Eye Divas. The, <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing that. I'm going to keep pushing that like as long it. as I can. Hashtag Dead Eye Divas. Hashtag <laughs> Dead Eye Divas. So we have Kelly, who, as we come to find out, and actually we had a we had a commenter on Twitter earlier this week. I'm going to have to look for it. Um, but somebody pointed out the fact that actually Kelly didn't, like, they, they actually took a screen cap of after she hit the demon and was, like, shot back. Like, there was this screenshot of a little bit of smoke lingering mm-hmm. around her head. I caught that in the recap mm-hmm. when we watched it tonight. Yeah, I wish I could find it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm having trouble looking for it. But... Then, like, to whoever caught that, that was awesome. Thank you. I will go back and tweet at you later. But that was really clever that they caught that. And we, we kind of suspected that Elagast wasn't quite mm-hmm. gone. But at the same time, we weren't sure how he was going to manifest. How did you guys feel about the way he came back in this episode? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Kelly's life has not been great <laughs> no. lately, is my immediate thought. Um, but yeah, um, I, I guess it didn't occur to me, maybe it should have, but, uh, I, that he's also, in addition to everything else that Elagos is, he's also a possession demon, which is interesting. I, I'm wondering because, uh, he was just described in our conversation as being maybe, let's say mid-tier, is it, is it a hierarchy of ability? Like, do you work your way up the ladder and like, <laughs> possession is like entry-level deadite stuff? And he, so he's got that. He's totally got it covered. He barely ever uses it. He's and like, he's, I haven't done that since my internship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, well, all right. And, but so seeing him, uh, possessing Kelly and seeing Kelly lash out at her friend, not maybe lash out is the wrong word, but work against Pablo and work mm. against Ash. Very troubling. It made me sad. It did. Mm. It's unsettling. We know that deadites can be vanquished, but we know that it's not an easy road to go down. No, usually the person dies yeah. when you vanquish the deadite. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, they're kind of portraying Kelly to be the strong woman, so I don't really see her dying. Well, I don't I'm think curious that's to happen. see that how that is going to play out. Like, I mean, since she's obviously, I mean, she watched her parents die, and it's just like whatever. I like that. Well, yeah. ever since Ash kind of latched on to two mm-hmm. other people, like it's it's kind of every everybody, mm-hmm. even he to an extent, is kind of like. Okay, when are the people around him going to get possessed by yeah. dead eyes? Sure. Because these are now people that he is invested in, people that he care about, he cares about. So uh, it's like it's only a matter of time until it happens to one of them, just yeah. a question of who or if it's both of them or how long. And sure enough, it ended up being Kelly. Sure. So I do, I do want to say that I did like that they they went for a little bit of a different approach with the way that she was possessed, like in terms of the look, like mm. her eyes were black instead of the kind of dead eye, dead gray look that they normally have. Yeah, she didn't have the full makeup on, which makes it obviously a lot easier for for Eligos through her to maneuver and do what he needs to do, which is why at the end of the episode he gets as close as he does to actually finishing Ash off. Mm-hmm. Which also made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you guys want to talk about Ash's trip? Oh boy, do oh, I. Oh, that's the best his, part. His <laughs> spiritual journey for inner peace or yeah. something. So they so they go to the Brujo for mm-hmm. guidance, for help, for pointers on how to fight the Deadites. And Brujo's plan is you're going to take an ayahuasca trip. <laughs> See, that's how we rule <laughs> Makes sense. Doesn't sound like there are any ramifications to that sort of journey, right? No, I mean, it'll be a funky day or so. <laughs> but after that, you know, he, he should bounce back fine. Yeah, Hawaska is like 12 hours, I think, trip max. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I love that he went to Jacksonville, Florida, a place that <laughs> That's is his happy so place. beautiful. It's called Jacksonville. If you've ever been to Jacksonville, <laughs> Texas, you know that that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cool. fact that it, did, have either of you guys seen Book of Mormon? Yes, it, it reminded me a lot of when the main character in that play is like Orlando. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Florida's not really anything to get excited about <laughs> for anybody who's never been. No offense to anybody who lives there, but I'm not really a fan. <laughs> But I do, I love that it's Jacksonville, mm. not because Jacksonville is even that great a place. It's he's that never, this been. Was, he's yeah. never been. And he never went because he was going to go, and then he went to that cabin. <laughs> so that, to him, represents the last point in his life before his life was full of the undead. Yeah, it was. It's it's less about Jacksonville as a place, and just more of what his life would be like if this horrible thing had never happened to him. Yes, he'd still have both hands. Yep, uh, and he could hold two beers. Yeah, he could double fist it. It'd be great. And then he could just like dress up in an Elvis costume, wind up in an old folks' home. I mean, talk to yeah. Black JFK, yeah, exactly. fight zombie fight, mummies, uh, fight mummies, yeah. right? In like how. Was it a cowboy outfit? Yes, I yes. It was Bubba, a Hotep. Bubba Hotep, I believe the, his descriptor is ancient Egyptian cowboy zombie mummy. <laughs> and why that wasn't movie. there a sequel? Oh. Don Coscarelli. Yeah, he was supposed to come back. And, and he, Bubba knows for all two, and it never happened. Yeah. Oh. So disappointing. I will say that I think my favorite part of the entire ayahuasca trip, and there were several wonderful <laughs> elements to it, I think my favorite part of the ayahuasca trip is talking Eli with his human teeth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was funny. The lizard with human teeth was very bizarre. I just love that he has the pet lizard named Eli. Like, that's just an interesting little thing to add to the show. And then, you know, of course, talking animals are always weird, but let's make it a lizard. <laughs> yeah. well, also, are you a boy or a girl? Yeah, like I love that's the question. And that's, that's the question that Eli doesn't answer. He just gives him a... <laughs> like, is that any of your business, Ash? <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> I thought we were cool, man. But I, I will say that I actually really enjoyed... A lot of the way, and granted, it can be a little bit jarring because the footage is very old, but like seeing the old film intersplice, and it's really great watching these episodes with subtitles on, because you catch a lot of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily just watching it normally, but seeing the the visuals and the audio from the old films intercut with this mental journey that he's taking, I thought was really cool as well. All the other weird stuff, Mm. he sees sees the Charlie's Angels logo. (laughs) Felix the Cat. A little bit of I Dream of Genie. Some do, some Playboy do, do, covers. Do, 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 do. Yeah, <laughs> those are things that make him happy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's and that's part of um, 
what the Brujo says is like his biggest downfall is a lack of self-awareness. He is a big child who kind of refuses to grow up in certain ways. He's kind of stuck in this one sort of mental state because it's a way to not deal with the thing that really happened to him. Well, we talked a little bit about, I think it was the last last episode where he finally decided, yeah, I'm not going to be an alone wolf anymore. I'm going to run with the pack. And we talked about it for a second. That's maybe the first bit of growth, of development as a person that he's had in 30 years. Well, I mean, we don't want him to develop as a person. I mean, I <laughs> oh, watch for, for sure. the cheesy lines. I'm like, please don't grow a conscience and care about Swallow people this. And, <laughs> and act like an adult. God, I'm quit watching this well, show. And, and it, it kind of tu- this episode yeah. kind of touches on why he acts that yeah. way, though. And like the fact that he, he his instinct is to shoot mm-hmm. first, ask questions later, or to think about the mm-hmm. consequences later, or never. Or never. Yeah. It's just better to not think about the things that he's doing because if he thinks about the horrible things that he's dealing with on a consistent basis, he'd probably be paralyzed with fear like he mm-hmm. was in Evil Dead 1. Yeah. Just sure. standing there in abject horror, not actually getting anything done, not taking chainsaws to deadites, which is what he's meant to do. But then he gets exactly. punched in the face, and it all clicks in the work. In the, in yeah. the gotta go. Uh, he gets himself in gear. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, I do want to... He, he Roger was talking about manipulations for the Deadites, and I do want to touch on the fact that Elagos was not only able to manipulate Pablo very easily, that was that's not a big deal, but <laughs> yeah. I thought it was very interesting the way, like, Ash in his own mind when he's on this journey becomes self-empowered, and the moment he empowers mm-hmm. himself to fight back, that's when Elagos switches gears and is like, okay, I can manipulate him into hurting his friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he almost kills Kelly in yeah. the middle of the state. And for poor Ash, who's on this mental journey, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm fighting back. I'm, you know, I'm pushing back the darkness when, in fact, he's hurting his friend. And it's very unsettling that the Deadites can do that. You think, and it reminds me of Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. when he's just kind of going insane and you don't know what's real it makes me wonder how much more of that we're going to see this season sure well especially if we are to believe that elagos is middle management what (laughs) what can his bosses do if he can already do that (laughs) terrifying yeah yeah it's exciting Uh, i want to touch really quick on pablo's idea to surprise ash with a new hand and how unbelievably (laughs) sweet that is it's that that adorable, so cute. and he's like he's putting it together so yeah. that it's a legit robot. Yeah, a robot with a it's gonna have a screwdriver on it and a light source apparently. <laughs> well, and I love that Poplu can do that when he's been portrayed as nothing other than a moron until now. And I'm like, whoa, he's like, is he a savant? He's just like playing with this robot hand. I'm like, what? <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> well, everybody writes him off. Yeah. Um, they they either think that he doesn't invest mm-hmm. any like like his uncle he thinks uh Pablo is just wasting his time Ash probably thinks he's young and naive which he is and Kelly thinks of him as uh you know his her little brother mm-hmm. but you know we we haven't really seen mm-hmm. what he's capable of yet and seeing this and even watching Evil Dead 2 I would never guess that mm-hmm. an army of darkness Ash would have been able to make himself a makeshift <laughs> robot hat. <laughs> groovy <laughs> Well, we're still under the assumption that that might not have been real. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he just hit his head after the events of Evil Dead 2 and just dreamed he went back in time. The the portal at the end of Evil Dead 2 is just a big vacuum, and it sucked him out 
into the woods. He hits his head on a tree, and he's just in the woods for two days. <laughs> and yeah. he's just like, I'm the hero of time. <laughs> yeah, like he totally ate the wrong mushrooms in the woods or the right one, whichever you lean. Um, but yeah, and that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that would make for a very different movie. That could be like the third alternate ending for Army of Darkness. That would be fantastic. Well, we are getting towards the end of the show. We are running a little short on time. Is there anything you guys want to touch on real quick before we go into predictions for next week? Uh, I think the only stuff that I want to touch on, I can touch on in predictions. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and roll into predictions then. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. (laughs) (laughs) So... For the very first time, I think, in Evil Dead history, we are actually seeing a a legit, well, technically in the remake to an extent, but Mm -hmm. we are seeing an attempted exorcism. Yeah. For a Deadite next season, or next season, next episode. How do we think that's going to go down? (laughs) I hope for Astra's sake, not the way the teaser implies it might. Just no feeling from the waist down. No, but he doesn't like that idea. Mm. I don't blame him. <laughs> that is the worst idea. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> How about you? What do you think? Um, I know we touched on this earlier, but I'm just hoping that they um, have a lot more little bits and jokes from the movies. I mean, definitely more like Three Stooges type, you know, <laughs> Ash stuff. I, and I can see, you know, they're really... You know, playing with the fandom of the series. So, yeah, I'm hoping for more just slapstick ash. <laughs> so, since this is the first episode we've had you on, yeah. what's been your favorite slapstick moment then? Because my favorite was just him, like, throwing himself around when uh, the little Lori doll was attacking him <sighs> in the pilot. That was pretty funny, but my favorite is honestly the opening of the pilot when he's getting ready. I mean, it's just so just classic, you know, slapstick and putting on the corset. That was just, oh man. Where he's dancing and doing the like power tries uh-huh. to pump himself up and whatnot. Yeah. It's like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Emma's dream for where the series goes involves going back to the cabin. Uh, mm. Where would you want the series to go apart from the cabin? Apart from the cabin. I don't know. Maybe we can go back to the Middle Ages, even if it's just another ayahuasca trip. Or there's plenty of other hallucinogenic drugs he could do. Now that we've had mm. this episode, I kind of want him yeah. to go to Florida and go, meh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go to Jacksonville and see My life's not that bad, actually. <laughs> well, that just about does it. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up for the evening? There's one thing I want to hit. In his fantasy, at one point before Elagos shows up in his head and all hell breaks loose, the book appears in his hand and talking Eli the lizard with his human teeth <laughs> tells him that he has to bury it deep beneath where his journey started. Mm-hmm. My guess is they're going back to the cabin. For sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, I did like that when Elagos was there also it was Surrender Ash. Mm. And I know we, we kind of finished talking about Ruby and Amanda but at, when we first got introduced to Amanda, the dad I said, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then when we get, you know, our team up in this episode, Lionel turns to Ruby and says, we know who you are. You're, and then she cuts off his head. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if she actually is who she says she is or if there's not a little bit more to her story about being, you know, the professor's daughter, sure. mm-hmm. Annie's sister. So I'm wondering if there's not a little bit more to it than all that. And so, yeah, because it seems like a really weird 
intentionally abrupt sentence. Like, because if, if it was just, you're the professor's daughter, yeah. would have said, like, oh, yeah, we killed your family. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I feel like she would have just cut off his head and stomped on him the same way. But the fact that they intentionally cut it off, I'm like, I feel like there's a little bit more there. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't know what, because that that was my guess, was that she was the professor's daughter. So that's all I got. That's all I got for now. Oh, no, I think she's Xena Warrior Princess. Fact. That, I believe yeah. that's what we said, actually. Yeah. We know who you are, Xena Warrior yeah. Princess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that just about does it for tonight. Lex, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? I am all over the interwebby, netty talky stuff at the Lex Michael. And if you can spell my name right, it's L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can check me out here at AfterBuzz Sundays at 5.30 p.m. PST um, with uh, the General Hospital After Show, and then also for the Castle After Show, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Fantastic. And again, for those of you guys watching, uh, please be sure to follow Elena and Emma on Twitter uh, at Elena Jordan and at Emma Fife. That's with F's, not S's. Uh, please be sure to wish them well uh, uh, while they're on their journey. Again, having an awesome time. And uh, I also want to say thank you to everybody who was on the hashtag, everybody who was on the live chat. Always fun talking to you guys. I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to AfterBuzz on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that fun stuff. Rate, leave a comment. We want to know what you guys think about this show and what you guys want from the rest of the season. So thank you guys so, so much for tuning in, and we will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Catch you on, on the flip-flop. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 